0: Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. My guest today is an amazing drummer called Chris Ellison. Chris plays drums for virtuoso guitarist Pliny. He also plays in a band called Instrumental, which is an original uh, act with his friends. He also plays in Seams, and he also plays in Birdman, or the Unexpected Virtue of a Tony Hawk Pro Skater Cover Band. That's right. That's the name of the band. You better listen up to that whole story. Um, Big Tony Hawk fan I am, so it uh, it was cool to chat about that. Anyway, this is episode 138. Chris Ellison, I think we're rolling. Chris Allison, how are you,
1: man? I'm good, thanks, Stevie. How are you, man? Yeah, good, mate. Good to see you again. Uh, and you too. Thanks, um, thanks for coming by.
0: Sweet as, and it was great to finally see you play. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, we had the Inner West Drum Fest. Mm, yeah, man. So it was yourself and Gordo and um, Tali uh, and Holly and Holly. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I've been, f- you know, following your career for a bit online. Sure. Been meaning to get to a show. I did see Pliny play once, but you weren't playing in the band at that stage. I think Troy, Troy Troy Wright yeah, was sure. playing. Yeah, yeah. I was um, probably
1: at the same gig then. It was at the Vanguard. Okay, not at that one then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it, it used to be called the Vanguard. Used to be called something else. So it was Vanguard. Then it became something else.
1: Yeah, I um I can't remember oh, what okay. it was called. Yeah, either. yeah. yeah. It changed. Yeah, too many changes.
0: Yeah, but we went to see um. Heavy Metal Ninjas. Have you heard of Heavy oh, Metal yeah, Ninjas? No, we, yeah, we with... played
1: with them when we were in New Zealand in, uh, when was that, 2019. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, was it at a, the, the Sandi, Sando, the old Sando? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, you're I right. was at that gig then. There you go. I apologize. Um, yeah, that What's was, a, the, Vanguard? That was a, the, fun, the fun gig, that one. Um, but no, those guys were awesome. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, um, a good time as well,
0: yeah. For sure, are. Richie's a beast, man. yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. he
1: certainly is, yeah, yeah. So, he's
0: now the sound guy for LAB. Have you heard of LAB? I haven't, no, okay. It's a New Zealand sort of uh reggae uh-huh. band, and um, he also plays um in New Zealand a band called Cora.
1: Okay, I've heard, I've heard of Cora, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: So, he's sort of doing that now. He hasn't done the ninjas thing for a while.
1: Yeah, well, maybe maybe it was the last time we we you know because that was just before COVID here, like was it yeah end what? end of twenty nineteen maybe October or something like that. So it yeah. could have been the last gig they've done up, yeah. to, up till now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But no, good times.
0: But going back to the drum fest, um, yeah, like I said, great to see you play and and um, your performance um, was more of a masterclass instead of just you playing wasn't it? you you played plenty of tracks and you played some some of the other stuff that you've played on before other bands mm. and um <laughs> the, i i think the highlight of the the day for me was you played something and then you got on the microphone and you went so what did I just do there? And that little boy up the front said, "You just played the drums. You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> no, the house down. Yeah, there. no,
1: that was uh, <laughs> that, that couldn't have gone better. Uh, uh, <laughs> that wasn't a plant either. Uh, that was that was organic. That was actually Paul Derricott's daughter. Was it really? Uh, so the organizer's daughter. And right. uh, I honestly, that was uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a very great answer. I literally couldn't have asked for anything nah, better than that. And um, you can't come back from that news. <laughs> no, 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 exactly, exactly. No, <laughs> she had my number, that's for sure. But, um, yeah. no, that was, um, that was my first, like, time having to do anything like that in a, mm. in a kind of a public sphere. Um, I'd done one masterclass, um, previously a few years ago, but that was like part of a camp that I was teaching at. So it wasn't open to the public. Right. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, I, I would, yeah, still don't sure still not a hundred percent sure. Like I had a really great time doing it and, mm. and um, but it immediately got off and started thinking about how I could do it better next time if yeah, I were yep. to do it again. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was a weird thing to do, uh, and to. In what, to...
0: in what way? Oh, I don't. You mean communicating?
1: Uh, not so much communicating the ideas, although there was a little bit. I was hesitant to talk about some things in certain fashions, just because I was actually um, surprised by how many kids were there.
0: Yeah, uh, and so was I. To be honest, I thought there'd be a lot more of the of the older scene there, but there wasn't, was there? Yeah,
1: well, there, there was there was plenty of them there. I was yeah. just like, oh, okay. There's like I think forty percent kids there, or something like that. And it's like, okay if I go too deep into some of this stuff, I'm going to bore the hell out of them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not really interested in trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I, so it's more, more, it was more about around that, like just trying to figure out how I can communicate ideas without uh, communicate some ideas, which I guess are kind of nerdy in and of themselves, but try not to make them sound too nerdy and get too deep into it. Mm. So I don't bore everyone, like I said, but, um, but no, it was, it was a nice challenge. And, and like I said, I, the next day I woke up with 6,000 ways that I do it better next time, but, uh, that, that, will have to wait until next time. If, yeah, yeah. if there is a next oh, time. I'm
0: sure there will be, it was pretty successful, wasn't it? I think.
1: Oh, no, definitely. They, they um, Dero and, 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 um, Pug did a great job putting that together and, um, it, it, I'd be surprised if there wasn't one happening next year because, yeah, it'll only keep getting bigger and better from that Yeah, off the success of, of you know, the inaugural uh, Inner West Drum Fest.
0: Yeah, and it was nice to have that kind of uh, thing back again because I, I think I may have already said this to someone on the podcast. Oh, anyway, I can't remember. But the last um, sort of drum event that I remember in Sydney was um, at Rose Hill Gardens. Um, okay. Like a drummer's, it was a drummer's day. Um, who was there? Thomas Lang
1: was there. Yeah, right. I don't think I made it to that one. The last what? one I remember was, um, it was one that Frank had put on, Frank Corniola. Yeah. It was, you know, whenever the last, um, Ultimate Drummer's Weekend was on, I suppose. And it was, uh, Chris Coleman and, uh, uh Dave Illich. Oh, that was at the King School. Was it? At yeah, the King yeah. That's yeah, right. I didn't
0: didn't get there. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's the last one I remember. That was in and that was a long time ago. That was maybe two thousand seventeen yeah, yeah, or yeah. sixteen maybe. Um uh and yeah, I hadn't really heard of anything um happening anything like that, uh since then. So and that was what like um Paul's idea was as well, was to bring an event like that back to Sydney, you know, obviously, particularly after COVID as well, you know, all being locked up and, and, and I guess even with a lot of the students or their, most of their classes were probably like their drum lessons were probably through Zoom as well. Yep. So it's like, let's get them in a room, um, and get excited about drums and, and, you know, Pug had a bunch of his cymbals and stuff there to try yep. out. And, um, you know, there's not heaps of drum stores left in Sydney. So that yeah. was also another part of it. Um, they were saying was to, um, get, get them to be able to hear an instrument, yep. you know, f- in the flesh. Cause everything's so online these days. Mm. Um, there's no drum stores really in the inner West. I think the closest one is in Parramatta. Right. Um, so drum factory yeah drum factory. yeah yeah yeah, exactly so it's like he was just yeah it was kind of like bringing back a lot of that stuff which was awesome man and, and everyone that was sat down at the kit they were all super excited to to, to, to jam away at all on all the symbols and um the beautiful kits that they had there too um yep. that, that steel had brought down and, yeah, yeah um as well so no man like really really happy to be a part of it and um, really honored to be part of it to be honest um uh, but lessons learned as well. So, yeah, yeah. But it was, and it was great to, I had, uh, I don't know if I'd properly met Gordo before. So it was nice to just, you know, have a chat to him and he was very, very lovely. And, and his set was unbelievable as well. Yeah. yeah. No wonder that guy's the legend that he is. Good Lord. That was, that was really amazing. And then Tully as well. And I'd not met Holly before, um, either. And then seeing her, do her thing was um it was great yeah. was really really cool very very unique and um yeah I felt very uncreative <laughs> uh, getting up after her um but that's just the,
0: the nature of those things I suppose I think you're underselling yourself you just got to remember <laughs> that you created all those drum parts that you played you may uh, yeah. not have felt creative on the day but
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> after going up after that it was definitely anyway yeah. no, she was awesome Yes. How
0: did you, how did you choose the tracks that you played?
1: Uh, I just prepared a bunch of different songs, um, and kind of felt it out on the day, to be honest. Okay. Um, so I had, I think I prepared maybe seven, seven to eight songs and maybe played four to five Yeah, uh, off the top of my head. Um, and I basically chose them to talk about more about the creative side, about coming up with. Um, some of the parts, how I did come up with them. And yeah. um, so a lot of them are like odd time based songs. So, you know, that's inevitable to have to talk about some of that stuff too, which I'm not usually, I don't really think about though, that side of it uh, all that much. Although I, you know, I have an under, a, a good understanding of it. I just don't try to think about it. But so there's a few songs that I had to talk about that stuff. So um, mm. I would like there's one song that I played um, called the Glass Bead Game. Oh, which... that
0: song! Oh. Talk about a song with moments, <laughs> uh, right? And, sure and events. On. That that song.
1: Yeah, well, That's that yeah. you know, as I was just saying before we, we were rolling, that was one song that when I heard the demo for, I was kind of really just uh, I was I think I messaged Pliny straight away. I was like, oh, I think you've hit, hit hit it out of the park with this, like everything else he'd sent up to that point would was amazing as well but it's just like man this is epic like it was epic. Is, yeah, that's yeah. a good word for it
0: yeah that that word gets thrown around a lot but that, that it, f- of... it feels
1: apt it feels apt for <laughs> yeah. that for that song definitely um so yeah that that song it's all actually 15 at the same tempo but it's just the way that I break up the 15 to make it feel like it's slowing down or or speeding up or whatever. Um, but realistically you could sit there with a click, the whole song and it, it would match up perfectly yeah. throughout the whole thing. Um, so that, the you know, it's hard not to talk about something like that, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that was basically how I chose them. And, and Paul had asked me to play a, um, an original that I'd written with a, um, a trio that I'm playing called Instrumental. Um, because instrumental and and Paul's band Coast have done a few gigs together, okay. Gotcha. Um, and you know that that is written very differently to how Pliny's stuff is written, um, which I think I may have even mentioned on the day. But it's like when I when Pliny sends me a song or to any drummer that he sends a song, it's the composition is written in in terms of the structure's not changing, yep. more or less not changing. Um, so the song itself is finished. The drum part is we're obviously going to change. But with this other band, we're in a room, we're writing old school, uh, in a room together, throwing ideas at at each other. Mm. Um, so it was just kind of to highlight the difference, you know, that there, you can do it both ways and it can mm. work. Um, one's not necessarily better than the other. Um, they're just two different ways of, of working. Um, so, yeah, so that was basically how I chose... Chose the songs, um, and and ones I thought were fun too. Uh, yeah. that, that's definitely. Yeah, it's important to have fun. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that that also went went into it as well.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, it was cool to see you playing live, man. It's awesome. Oh, thank you, man, yeah, yeah. and
1: thanks for coming and checking it out. Nice, it hey, sweetest. Uh, again, like a a privilege to be a part of it, and an honor to be a part of it, and looking forward to attending next year's one. Good stuff.
0: So, what's a what's a day in the life of chris ellison at the moment i mean i know we're coming up to christmas um we're here in your um in your drum space and you teach so does your teaching go right up till christmas
1: uh yeah more or less so i i teach privately so it's whenever i kind of decide to pull the plug for the year okay uh, more or less and oh it's dropping down there sorry um uh, yeah, so I, I teach up, I can teach through if I want, I can take some time off, you know, it's pretty, it's up to me basically. So yep. yeah, I, I finish up on the 23rd, so on Friday, um, before Christmas and I might do a little bit in between New Year's, but probably not. Um, but a day in the life of me at the moment, um, you probably don't know this, uh, but I, um. Uh, I became a father. Uh, I
0: did. I did know that. You did know that. Okay, yeah.
1: there you go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I became a father in in July. So um, congratulations. Oh, well, thank you so welcome. much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a, it's a great uh, club to be part of. Yeah. Um, uh, I loving every minute of it. So uh, that's actually taking up more time than than the drumming at the minute, um, which is great. I'm 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 happy very ecstatic to, to be able to do that and, and, and have the time to do that. Um, so your partner's working? No, not at the moment. No, no, no. Um, she's, yeah. So the little guy's five months old, um, at the moment. Um, yeah. So, um, we just planned ahead for it all basically. And, and, um, she, she's done a little bit of work, but she's a freelancer as well. So, you know, um, yeah, she's gone back for a little bit of work here and there, but nothing, you know, very strict. Um, so man, to be honest, that's taking up most of my days. Like I come in here to teach in the afternoons and evenings. And, um, but other than that, I'm kind of just at home hanging out with the little man and, and just, um, soaking in all that time and, and all the laughs and all the cries and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, particularly because at the beginning of next year, like I'm going to be away a little bit. Um, little so, bit. Uh, <laughs>
0: a little most bit. Most of the year. <laughs> looking at the tour schedule today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a busy first half of next year. So yep. I'm really trying to um, make the most of the time I'm at home yep. to be with him um, and my partner as well, my partner, Amy. Um, that's pretty important, obviously. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, a tough first half of the year, not just because of the touring, but because I'm away from, from, from them. Um, so yeah, like I said, just trying to really soak in all that time and, and, um, which has been, which has been awesome, man. Like, you know, you know yourself what it's like to be be a father and it's like, um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, it's just a a whole new, whole new world of possibilities, not possibilities, but just a whole new world of, uh, looking at life and and things like that, so it's it's been really awesome. So yeah, like I said, just soaking in a lot of that, and then coming in here to do some practice and a bit of teaching as well. Yeah, um, and and gigging where I can as well. So
0: yeah, how do you think, or if it's even happened at all, has you know having having a baby affected your approach to music? Have you thought about that?
1: Um in terms of like um, I guess in t- what what t- gigs I take or or in terms of like what oh, uh, yeah creatively we get, like
0: yeah creatively and and what gigs you take and see what happened to what happened with me is like I, I never had a space to practice or do my music sure. outside of home yep. so before I had kids if I had an idea I would go into my space and I would work on my Idea until the idea was done, sure right, if I was recording something, I'd do the recording and not have to worry, but <laughs> having that you know space at my house, and then I had kids, the biggest impact was the disruption and, and <laughs> sure no no
1: yeah I understand yeah, so okay. I guess it,
0: I guess it would be a little bit different, you know, having your space here where you're actually leaving your yep. house to come here, yeah. And I suppose if you're pushed for time, you can, you know, you can make the most of your time that you've got here, right? That's right. Yeah. Instead of just coming in here and just fucking around.
1: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. With things like that, like, to be honest, I haven't um, creatively not been doing a great deal, like in terms of like thinking about new music. There's a few like session things that I've done. Yep. Um, my approach hasn't really changed in term, uh, in terms of like how I've thought about that. Mm. Um, it is just, I guess, condensed in terms of time. Like I wouldn't, like you said, just come in here for like nine hours and <laughs> yeah. just hang out by myself. Um, you know, uh, cause that would be pretty unfair. And, um, also just missing out on that time as well. So, um, it's just prioritizing like, you know, there would have been a time where I would have come in every day. I'm not doing that at the moment. You know, there'll, there'll be days where I have days off where I just take it and just hang out with the little man and yep. and, and my partner as well. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of prioritizing that stuff. And if I don't necessarily need to be in here, I, I don't – I might not come in. And it, it's just the thing is just not feeling bad about doing that, you know. like yeah, yeah. In the past, I would have probably – stressed about it or, or just felt like I was losing, uh, you know, my skills or whatever, but you obviously, that's just a weird thing you tell yourself. It's, <laughs> it's not actually true. <laughs> uh, like you, you leave the kit for a week and it's like, not like, you know, you're going to forget everything yeah. about the kit you've spent, you know, I spent 20 plus years playing. So, um, it's just putting that kind of in, in, um, perspective, I suppose. Um, and in terms of gigs, like, yeah, it's how much do I want to be away from my, my partner, like my, my family basically. So, um, thankfully, you know, the Pliny gig is a pretty easy one. Like we, we get along all really well. Um, there's never any issues. Um, you know, we so, that we, and, and with this whole crew as well, not just with mm. the band. So it's just like, that's a pretty easy Yes to, to do that sort of stuff. And, and the opportunities are, are pretty amazing as well. Like yeah. getting to go to, uh, Europe or America is, is not something I ever thought I would do ever, you know, it's one of those kind of pipe dream things that mm. you just don't think, well, I'd given up on the idea of ever it being a real, uh, you know, something that I would ever do. And now I'm lucky enough to get to do that. So not taking that for granted as well and, and realizing, okay. This isn't going to be forever. Like I, I'm probably not going to be doing this in, you know, twenty years. Who knows? Mm. Maybe I will be, but, um, you know, it is a um, a uh, something I'm very grateful for. So you know, um, putting all that into perspective makes that pretty easy to say yes to. So that is it's things like that, just weighing up: is this going to be worth my time to 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 be away from my family? Yep. You know, they often you often hear about people talking about like the three the three things a gig needs to have. It's like either it's the money, the hang or the music. If it's not meeting two of those three, maybe it's not worth your time. So yep, yep. things like that uh, now make a bit more sense. Yes. <laughs> it made sense before, but it makes a lot more sense yeah, yeah, yeah. now, now that the little guy's around. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, it's not just the, the fact that I'm away from 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 him. It's also the impact that that then has on Amy, my, my partner, Amy. You know, she, our family, are all up on the central coast. So you know, it's not like someone can just pop around in ten minutes and and help help us look after the little guy. So it's an added stress on her life for me to go away. So it's like it's obviously a uh, a conversation I need to have with her, and, and yep. she's very supportive still. Um, still she's very supportive, <laughs> um, but it, it is that thing where Has will... she
0: giving you a timeline before the support drop. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. No,
1: no, Not yet, but it's probably, it's on the cards probably. No, um, no, she's, she's been very supportive from day one of, of, of me doing this. Um, so, um, it is an evolving conversation. If it does become untenable, then, you know, that's just, a, we'll have to figure out what happens from there. Um, but at the moment we made it work. Like I've, I've been away once so far for, I was away for three weeks and, you know, it wasn't easy for her, mm. uh, by any stretch. And like my folks were away at, at that time as well. So we couldn't even count on them to, to help out at all. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, we can't just put it all on her, her mum and her, her dad and step, step mom. So, um, you know, that was tough, but uh, we got through it and and she managed and, and, you know, so it's working so far. So, but it is an evolving conversation. So, um, you know, that's the, the, the other side of of music that often isn't talked about, you know, is, is how do you make a relationship work? And, and, and honestly, that's, that's probably more important in, in, in a lot of ways. And and that's the way I treat it anyway. It's like, if she's not happy, then, you know okay I'll I, I need to spend the rest of my life with her so um well I'd like to you know so it's um it's making sure that 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 is the priority um I can always find something else to do to make money if I if I need to if I can't do drums anymore I can't do music I'll survive somehow you know we all do so um yeah so that's the priority with that I think I answered that question. You I, did. I, I, <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm, I'm glad you did get it to a to a to a point of an answer because when I started <laughs> a, asking the question, I, I, yeah, I was going all over the place. So, <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> no, no, all good. Well, <laughs> right, let's roll it right back, man. So, you're originally from. you were know, born in Wagga. Correct. Right. So, let's talk a little bit about um your days in Wagga and um we
1: is your mum and dad musical? Uh my old man and his whole side of the family extremely musical. Okay. Um my mother's side of the family not at all. Um same as same as my. Okay. Exactly the same. There you go. So yeah, my old my old man um was a bass player, um and a sound engineer, um both live and um in the studio as well, um down there. And um my uncle uh, his brother as uh, a guitar player and he runs a music store down there called Allison music. Um, and he is basically the guy down there. Like he does all the gigs, like heaps of gigs down there. And they were this they were, you know, like the gruesome twosome, uh, in the, in the seventies and eighties and early nineties, um, down there. So they would do all the shows, like all the musicals that come through town. They, um, yeah. did all the, you know, um, uh, function bands and all that sort of stuff down there. They had a blues brothers tribute band. Um, uh, you know, they had their own original kind of pub rock kind of thing going on. Um, uh, yeah. So they were, you know, playing all the time. Um, so I grew up with that basically. Um, he was also working, um, uh, as a like in the plumbing industry so not as a plumber but in the industry so like selling toilets for gotcha for to simplify it uh i guess um uh, so he would do both of those things they go out get home at 3 a.m and then wake up at 7 and be at the office by whatever time you know um so yeah i grew up with that 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 around me and um i love music from an early age mainly thanks to there being music around the house like there's pictures of me, like as a little kid playing the the. They, they would rehearse at the house. Yeah. Um. So there was a drum kit, and then there's a picture of me, like my <laughs> hands above my head, yeah. standing up behind the kit, trying to play it. And um, you know, I, I I oddly didn't start playing drums till much later. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, I was constantly surrounded by music, so I, you know, started playing piano and and guitar, and uh, tried my hand at guitar. Um, didn't, didn't work out so well. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, constantly around music. Um, yeah. And we, we left Wagga when I was about 11 or so, um, and moved up to the central coast. Um, so my old man gave up music at that point, okay. um, to, cause he got offered this job up on, on the coast, um, in the same industry. So in the, in the plumbing industry and, um, yeah so we moved up here for that and and he kind of i I, for lack of a better oh not for lack of a better term he gave up music to give us a better opportunity to you know to come up to the coast and um and it was a good work opportunity for him too Mm. so you know it made sense so yeah so he i've I've been trying over the last couple of years to really get him to pick up bass again because he was a great Mm. bass player Mm. Um, he'll, he'll tell you otherwise, but, um, he was a, a great bass player. So I'm just trying to encourage him to pick it up again. Um, not bearing fruit at the moment, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it won't stop me from trying. Yeah. Um,
0: write, write a song and tell him you need a bass player. And all my friends are booked out.
1: Yeah. I've, come I've, down dead. I've recorded stuff in here, um, uh, to, uh, to get him to like record oh, yeah. stuff. over I mean, like just cool. like covers and stuff like that, like some Steely Dan songs. Um, yeah. They, they haven't again haven't yet uh, the fruit hasn't uh, f- what's the word I'm looking for here I'm th- yeah. uh, i am talking yeah
0: I was singing fallen off the tree but
1: yeah let's go work. with that That's, that works <laughs> that, that, that uh, metaphor works. Uh, the fruit hasn't fallen off the tree just yet, but like I said I'll, I'll keep going with that and yeah um, but yeah, my uncle still plays down there all the time. Um, so my grandfather, who I never got to meet because he passed away um, before I was born, but he was a drummer as well um so my dad's um my my grandmother she was a lap steel player and an organ player as well so always music around and and they really encouraged my uncle and my dad to to play as well so yeah they were getting Led Zeppelin records when they were 12 years old and stuff like that and um, learning all that and apparently my uncle would get home from school and just sit there and learn all the riffs from all the Black Sabbath records and stuff like that and Um, just sit there until dinner time, just rewind, like apparently you'd hear the sound of the, the record hit and play, stop, (laughs) hear hear the needle scratching backwards, play again and just until he got it. So, um, so always surrounded by music. Um, and that didn't really stop, even though dad stopped playing, there was always music around the house and when we'd go visit, there's always CDs in the car that we'd be, you know, listening to and stuff like that. So i um, always surrounded by music and I always had a, um, uh, affinity for music mm. as a, as a young kid because of that, I suppose. Um, like probably my earliest memory, funnily enough, is, um, waking up at, um, what I thought was dawn, uh, when I was maybe three maybe, uh, and then going on and turning to going down to the TV and turning on rage. Uh, and then, the memory I have is my parents coming down and going, Chris, what are you doing? It's like, Oh, I'm watching rage. Uh, and they're like, it's three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then they picked me up and took me to the window and lo and behold, it's dark outside. Yeah, right. and they're like, it's too, too early for this, but I wanted to watch rage. So, you know, that's, that's what I wanted. So I was, you know, watching rage at a young age, um, uh, and, you know, watch that all through, up to being a teenager and beyond you know right. um yeah so music's always been around and it's um just one of those things I guess yeah
0: how far did you get with your piano playing
1: not very far again okay. no i I, I probably uh, had lessons for maybe two to three years uh and that's, none... decent. that's decent though that's yeah no but I didn't practice so oh, okay. that, that doesn't that doesn't help, so you say so so you
0: go <laughs> back to your next lesson to practice what you just Done in your first lesson.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Right. Yeah, I, I was one of those uh, students. Uh, Teacher's
0: getting paid, he doesn't care anymore.
1: Yeah, well, it was a family, <laughs> it was a oddly enough like a family friend, like the, the, I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but um, there were an, an older couple and they'd given dad his first few gigs. Oh, wow. So it was kind of like this big kind of like, you know, um, circle of life in a certain way. So yeah. They weren't very strict on me, I, I guess, but, um, but yeah, I, I didn't get very far with it and I was pretty young too. Like, I think I was maybe 10 or so. Um, it's really not that young to be honest now that I think about it, but, uh, that's an excuse I tell myself, <laughs> <laughs> but I wish, I really wish I had have retained any of that knowledge and, and, and kept up with it to be honest. Mm. Um, but such is life. Um, uh, you know, I, I realistically I wanted to play guitar, um, I wanted to be able to play. Uh, Are you gonna go my way by Lenny Kravitz? I just that, I remember walking into rehearsal like uh, that was my favorite song at the time, and my uncle could play it, and I was my mind was blown away. <laughs> I was just like, what? Um, so yeah, I wanted to be able to do that, but then I got started getting guitar lessons, and I was just learning like how to play a G chord, and it's like this isn't Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I couldn't see, like, you know, you've got to start here to get to here. Right. It was just like I just wanted to play that. and right. Yeah, so I didn't stick with guitar very long either. But um, that's probably for the best because I was pretty bad. Um, but, again, didn't practice, so, you know. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, apparently yeah, that helps. Right. <laughs> you get better at something if you <laughs> practice it. <laughs>
0: so, okay, so you've moved up to the Central Coast mm-hmm. and – um, and you said you were about before we were rolling. You said you were about eleven or something. When That's you? right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what was it that interested you and start wanting to play drums? Then, what did you see? Was it a band? Was it? Did you hear something?
1: Yeah. So, I I kind of like there was a few songs on the radio at the time that that I really just there was parts that the the, the drums were playing that I was always drawn to. Like I, this was before I even. Um, kind of expressed interest to my parents about playing drums, but there's a song, um, yeah, by the living end called all torn down. There's that one little, like, I guess it's like a triplet break in the middle. I think there's a key change after it or something like that. You'd all know it if you know the song, but I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Um, and I must've been about 12 or so. Um, and then I, I was listening to, um, I just heard Metallica, uh, for the first time. Um, cause that was around like when reloaded come out. Okay. Um, and I loved that. Um, and that was so,
0: about, no, that was 95.
1: Uh, no, that was 97, 90, no, 97 oh, load oh, load was, I think 95 or 96. Uh, oh, reload. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, reload. Sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah. No, that's fine. Um, so yeah, like I heard fuel on the radio and, uh, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, so I became a very fast fan of, of Metallica. Right. And, um, so a lot of Lars stuff just started to, like, I'd hear him doing his Larsisms, isms and, and it sounded cool to me. Uh, so I wanted to start doing that, but I hadn't really expressed interest in it. So to actually answer your question, um, we had an, uh, an assignment uh, that we had to do for music in, at school. And it was just basically the assignment was pick a song and you're going to learn to play a basic beat over the top of it. So I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be awesome. Uh, And I figured out that I could practice playing the drums on my lap just in my bedroom without a drum kit. Mm. So I picked a song. Uh, It was a Joe Satriani song because my old old man was listening to a Joe Satriani record. So I was like, this is cool. I'm going to play this. Um, And it was just a basic, you know, like, rock groove, but then I figured out straight away that I could do it just on my lap. Like I figured out the sounds and I could tell the sounds apart for some reason. I don't know how I could do that, but I just, I guess I had that natural ability and then it was really easy. Like I I found it, you know, it felt easy at the time. It was probably bad, but you know, uh, at the time I was like, oh yeah, but it was also that rush of like, I can do this! Yep, yep. Oh my god! Like I need to keep doing this. So, did the assignment at school, and then I just basically ran home and started pestering my my folks to to start getting lessons and get a kit and all that sort of stuff. And um, they were really supportive. Like you know, it helped that my old man was a you know um, a muso. and yeah, he, yep. so you know he he understood. And um, that that Christmas there was there was a kit for me, and and it was just like going hell for leather from that, from that point onwards. And right. yeah. Um, so that's what got got me started. It was actually a school assignment, which is probably the only school assignment I ever actually did properly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a, that's another thing on it itself, I need to sell for the guest. But yeah.
0: What was the Seth song?
1: Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, um, it was on the crystal planet record, which okay. had just come out around that time. Um, I think it was the second track. Um, and it's kind of a shuffle thing, I think, from recollection, but I obviously was not playing the shuffle. Um I was just playing the 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 straight eighth notes. Uh um it was like a half time shuffle, sorry. Um Um but yeah, and I really liked the song. Um I liked that record at the time. Um I probably still would like it now. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I could probably tell you everything about that record if I heard it now. <laughs> it's one of those records that you listen to so much that just, it's it's in, you know, it's in your, your conscious, whether you know it or not. you recognise any of those? Yeah, it could be House Full of Bullets. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. It's not a shuffle, so I clearly can't remember it, but... I oh, know it's a triple feel. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so and I think I even got in that extra kick drum. Duh, cat, duh, uh, I was able to put that in, so I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." I understood how I could do that with yeah. you know. Um, uh, so I, I I thought I was pretty good. So um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, the the fire was lit at that point, you know. Um, cool. After after playing that song uh, at school, and again, it was probably really bad, um, and. But I think I could kind of keep time okay uh, and it was just too much fun. So, you know, that's something I always talk about with people. remember, always keep in the back of your mind like why you started playing this instrument because it's fun. That's it. And music in general, it doesn't have to be just the drums but any instrument is like if you can remember that it's meant to be fun, you'll stick with it longer and you'll enjoy it, you know, rather than getting bogged down in you know, taking it too seriously. That's it, eh? <laughs> yeah, That's absolutely, it. man.
0: So from getting that new drum kit, um, were there some
1: local teachers that you went to or, or yeah. through the school or? Uh, yeah. So I started getting lessons with a, a guy whose name I can't recall, but he was a guitar player that could just play some drums. And mm-hmm. he was, uh, in a which was just around the corner. So I was in Arena. um, yeah, so I went to him for about uh, maybe a bit less than a year, and then it just got to the point where he was like, "Oh, dude, I can't show you anymore. <laughs> uh, you've kind of maxed out yeah. what what I can show you." Um, and at that time, we'd started jamming together. Like would, he would just be like, "Here's a blues, play a shuffle." Yep. And so I'd do that, and then he was kind of okay. Well, I got nothing else to show you. So um, so then the hunt began for a new teacher. And then I started getting lessons from a guy called, um, Adam Tool, who was a local guy up there and he had toured a, a bit through Europe with, with his original band and stuff like that. So that was very cool. And he kind of looked a little bit like Dave Grohl. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool too. <laughs> um, but, and so, and he was a bit more, well, he was a drummer. So like he knew a bit more what to actually show me in a certain sense. So yeah, we, we kind of went through some rudiments a little bit, but, um, I didn't, you know, if I could be honest, I didn't really pay attention to those because I was like, I can do single strokes. Who needs any of this other stuff? (laughs) Um, And all I wanted to do at the time was just play as fast as I possibly could. Like I was listening to a lot of like skate punk and and stuff like that. So Blink-182, that type of stuff. So it was just like, I don't need doubles for that. All I need is single strokes and play fast and loud. So... Um, but he tried, he kind of opened my eyes for, you know, some other stuff and, um, yeah. Um, and I had lessons w- with him for maybe a year and a little bit, and then he got a job, uh, maybe for the ABC or something. So I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And then I taught myself, okay. um, uh, up until the end of high school, basically. Um, so I would just listen to records and, and try and cop what I was hearing and, and that was it. So I didn't have any books. I couldn't read music. For yes.
0: Okay. So it was still all, it air, was all, it was all air, air at yeah, the stage. yeah, yep.
1: yeah. So I, I couldn't read a lick of music. Um, uh, so I was just, yeah, learning, like I said, like a lot of skate punk stuff, like, you know, um, no effects and, um, strung out uh, bands of that kind of ilk and um, a little bit like Metallica as well, obviously. Um, And then I heard Dream Theater when I was maybe 15 or 16 and Mm. um, that kind of was a big, big eye-opener for me because there was a bunch of odd times and stuff like that. So I had to figure out what the hell was going on and all that sort of stuff. So I, I just sit there and work out okay, this is in 7 and and I somehow understood that it was in 7. Mm-hmm. I guess I read forums or something like that to figure okay. out what 7, 8 actually was or, okay. or whatnot. So I, yeah, would just listen to those songs over and over until I could remember them and then just play them. Uh, and uh, that was basically my education for the rest of high school was just mm-hmm. me listening to those records and whatever else I was listening into, and just trying to... Figure out what the hell was going on with the drums and do my best to try and to try and play it. Right,
0: were any of your friends into that Dream Theater type stuff as well? Or the...
1: No, no. I uh, I heard Dream Theater because my old man came back from a work trip and he had heard a Dream Theater song in a taxi or something like that. And um, the song was "Take the Time," which is off, I think, maybe their first record. And it's got this one riff in it, and he was like, "Oh my god, this kind of sounds like Toto, like something like like Toto would play. Sounds like almost like Lukather. Um, What the hell is this?" And the taxi driver told him it's Dream Theater. So he went out and bought like a DVD or something, mm. and came back and was like, "Check this, check this out," <laughs> and put it on, and I was That's just cool like, that. "Whoa, what the hell is this?" And yeah, so um, so he got me into them and. Um, so no, no, none of my friends cared for dream theater and, and fair enough, uh, to, um, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't listen to heaps of dream. I don't listen to any dream theater nowadays, but, um, they definitely played a vital role in, in kind of, they were like a big gateway band. That's the way I kind of think about them, um, into, you know, figuring out Portnoy stuff for me opened my eyes to guys like Vinnie. And and Weckle and stuff like that because mm. I'd heard of Vinny and Weckle, you know, um, up to this point. But I and I'd you know listen to something or watch something, um, and I just ha- it just went over my head. Like I had no idea what I was listening to. I was like, I this doesn't make any sense to me. Give me some single stroke rolls fast around the drums like Travis Barker or something right. that, that I can understand. Yeah. But then the the, the Portnoy thing came about, and I it was attainable enough that i could understand what was going on but then i started hearing some of that stuff in when i would eventually go back to check out um vinnie and and, yeah. and and virgil and guys like that because you know what led me to do that was the fact that i figured out how to play like all the dream theater songs and i was like 17 years old and i remember i played this one piece called um the Dance of Eternity, which another one, you, you know it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a, a million times you can all this dumb yeah. stuff going on it, right? So I played it and um, and and I could remember it all, note for note. Like I could almost play it to you if you there was no record playing, and I could just remember the whole thing. And I was like, I thought Portney was the best drummer on the planet, and I was like, man, I can play all his stuff. That means. I'm the best drummer on the planet.
0: <laughs> Good on <yeah.
1: laughs> And then I kind That's of cool. looked around to my surroundings. I was like, "No, I'm in like my garage. No one knows who I am. This yeah. can't be. This can't be right." So there was, yeah, you know, I guess some sort of self-awareness there. And so I was like, "Okay, what's the next step?" And that was finding out about like Virgil and Vinny and and the the heavier kind of guys, um, uh, and kind of opening my ears to that type of stuff. So. Um, but without, you know, the dream theater influence, I may not have ever understood that stuff. Right. Um, or ha- had any interest, um, to check it out in, in any sort of serious kind of way. So I always credit them with, with doing that, even if I don't listen to them anymore. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Do you remember what the first Vinny thing you heard was?
1: Uh, it was probably an MP3 off drama world to be, to be okay. honest with you. Um, yeah. I I would have heard like some of the Sting stuff. Okay. But I wouldn't have known that it was Vinny, Okay. Or or anything like that at the time. Um I
0: saw a video of you playing um 7 days. <laughs> but <laughs> right. but your but your take of it. I was watching that today.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's that, pretty cool. That was um just a silly thing that I'd uh yeah, I I'd, I'd seen Aaron Sterling doing some of those videos where he would play like back in black but everything was pushed back a sixteenth yeah, yeah. note. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah." And then I thought of seven days but playing it in seven even though it's in five That, <laughs> that that's funny on a very very small uh <laughs> in a very small way but I'll try and try and do it but yeah. but yeah so I I think the first thing I probably heard of Vinnie that I listened to a whole record of was Joe's Garage because okay. Portnoy had talked about that record particularly as like his favorite Vinnie record so I was like okay let's check that out and um yeah Joe's Garage by Frank Zappa um very odd record but the drumming on that is disgraceful and he's like 22 or something like that. He's like quite young when he when he did that record I th- I believe and he's just playing unbelievably as you would expect but it's a very young vinny but still sounding amazing and playing all this absolutely ridiculous stuff. Um so that I kind of understood that at that point. Yeah. Um there's still a lot I didn't understand but um yeah that was probably the first Vinny record that I, I totally listened to.
0: Have you heard Gina Vanelli's Nightwalker? Yes, yes of course. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, that was that was my Vinny. Oh nice. That was my Vinny introduction. A nice. friend, friend of mine gave me the cassette tape to take home and listen to it. Uh-huh. just unbelievable.
1: Yeah man. Yeah, there's I've I've heard some stories about that session where Cuz yeah.
0: um, cuz he was on a break from Sapper, I think. He'd taken a bit of a break, or or he just or left, or, just or something just left like that. Or came off tour, and then yeah, yeah
1: that's right. Yeah, they, <laughs> they went into the studio that. to do that, and apparently he was playing quite reserved to begin with, because it's like, okay. oh, this is like an R and B gig. This is not Zappa. Yeah, I got to kind of tame it back. But um the story that I heard, Vinnie, you know, it was in like a bootleg clinic or something. He was like, oh, Gino just loved it when I would chop out. Yeah. Uh, and he just encouraged me to just keep keep going, like going yep. further and further out. So if if anyone hasn't heard that record, I definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah. Track, it's a- track number two. Yeah, yeah. Seeking You'll Find. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, that, that is a, a banger of a tune. And yeah, he just plays his ass off on that whole record. Yeah, and, awesome, um, Even the ballads. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of outrageous how you know
0: you'd lose your job if you played like that. Yeah, these but days, okay? but again,
1: like that's what Gino wanted, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, man, he's doing he's doing the job that was prescribed, even though it kind of you might think that would go against better judgment on any other day. Yeah, man, he's doing what he's paid to do. So, yep. but yeah, man, that's an unbelievable record. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a, a pretty. Uh, um, he was doing a lot of really creative stuff like that um, at that at that period, which I, I I still really love to listen to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. So when
0: did the reading start? How did uh, you get into reading?
1: That's when I I went to aim um, out of high school. Um, okay. Well, what what have you missed before that? Were
0: you, were you playing in any bands with your friends? Were you or were you just still doing the dream theater type oh, no, stuff at
1: home th- through high school? Like I, I played in like just some. Um, a couple of bands, just like high school bands. Okay, um, we'd play some covers and write some original tunes. It was all mainly like punk rock kind of stuff. Yep. Um, nothing too serious or anything okay. like that. Um, we thought we were pretty cool, but we probably weren't. Um, <laughs> um but I guess that's any teenager, right? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh,
0: we thought we were fucking cool. <laughs> oh, well, were, you,
1: we're you cool. Were de- you were cool. Okay. I, I, I'll believe that. But, but yeah, <laughs> we. we I, I definitely wasn't anyway. But uh. Uh, so yeah, I did a lot of that through th- all through high school, and then um, yeah, so I went straight to AIM out of high school, and and um, so I would commute down from the coast um, and do that. Did that for two and a half years. So reading kicked in there. So okay. uh, Dave Plenty, I was I was studying with Dave um, there, and and he kind of kicked my ass into gear and was mm. like, okay, yeah, you've got a lot of the playing stuff is kind of cool. Like there's obviously a lot of work to do there, but your biggest weakness is the fact that I just had no, I was like illiterate mm. reading and stuff like that. Uh, so he, you know, put syncopation in front of me and, and kind of just kick my ass with that, um, which is great. Um, and then I slowly started to pick it up from there. Like I'm not a great reader now by any stretch. I can kind of get by if I need to but I generally don't need to. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I don't, it's not something I practice as much as I probably should, but again, it's not something I need to do. So it's, yeah, well, that's it's, it. it's that, it's a weird thing, right? Yep. But it's a skill that I'd love to have to, again, to be better at, but, mm. uh, maybe one day. Mm. So what opportunities came from AIM?
0: What other musicians were at AIM that, um, well, sorry, sorry. So while you're at AIM, uh, yeah, let me let me backtrack that. You're right.
1: <laughs> is that not on the soundboard?
0: No, I'm I'm winging it at the moment.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, these are just no. Just oh, no I know I'm the, the the sound, oh, oh, sound effects. Oh. Sorry.
1: Yeah, we got a laugh track. Oh, hang on. Um, oh. <laughs> there you go. That'll do. It's <laughs> close oh, enough. Fuck. Um,
0: so when you're at AIM, did you meet some musicians that would, you know, take you on to play in in their bands or introduce you to other musicians?
1: Yeah, there, there was definitely, um, a lot of musos that you would probably know that, 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 that I was studying with, like even like drummers like Andy Horvath, I don't know if you know him or Pat Madden, um, uh, that was some of the guys that were like around at the time. Um, but yeah, like I studied with like, a uh, Lisa Caruso. She's a, a, a brilliant singer songwriter as well. Um, locally and, uh, Caleb Jacobs is another, um, he's like doing like a lot of soundtrack stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a lot of people I studied with that are still, still kind of playing around and, 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 and doing some stuff, but, um, I probably didn't have the best attitude in terms of putting myself out there. Um, when I was at AIM, like I was maybe a little bit, um, maybe not shy is not the right word, but I I just, yeah, I, am not really like the hustle kind of guy where I'm like out there going, Hey man, you need to book me on your gig. Um, I, uh, yeah which uh, which is kind of a cool thing actually i liked that. <laughs> yeah I, I, it's good and it's bad um yeah. it's it's one of those kind of double-edged sword things where it's like i i yeah i just don't feel comfortable doing that it's just not in my kind of personality to to kind of do that so um so you know i uh, other opportunities came on the because co- i was still living on the coast when i'd finished so i stayed up there a couple of years after that and some stuff happened just through just being around town, playing up there, and doing different things on the coast. But in terms of Sydney, like nothing really came out of it too much. Like there was a few, a few like you know uh, pub gigs and stuff like that. You okay. know, just covers and function stuff that would pop up occasionally, but nothing too kind of serious, I suppose. Um, uh, but that's more from my lack of hustle more, okay. more, more than anything else. Like I would have done it had I been asked, but I was too maybe shy or meek or whatever to kind of put myself out there in that kind of way. Mm.
0: So you just spoke of some things that started to happen up the coast for you. So what were some of those things?
1: Oh, it was just whatever was kind of thrown at me. Like I, I started playing in like an African drumming kind of thing where, so oh, I was cool. like, uh, so it was all percussion based. I was the, uh, the only kit player and then, um, everyone was on like djembe's and dumbex and things like that. And um, so it was kind of a, a, an interesting way to, you know, it's not your standard kind of music. Like it's all rhythm based and um, some pretty weird rhythms thrown at me, which is kind of cool. So I did that for, you know, a year or so. I played in like a Santana tribute band and stuff like that. So uh, again, just whatever was thrown at me. And then there was original stuff. I was playing in heaps of original bands. Mm. Um, uh, so like some more heavy, you know, um, metal related kind of things or punk stuff as well. Um, yeah, there was like a period there where I had, it was like, I remember every day I had a rehearsal or something, mm. something like that. It was like for six months, it was like six days a week. I was rehearsing with bands and then gigs all, all and different stuff things. Like all different things. Yeah, and cool. yeah. So it was like, I was just putting myself in whatever situation I, I kind of was asked to be in realistically. And it's one of those things where. One person finds out you're okay at the drums, and then they tell their mate, and it's like, "Oh, we need a drummer. Oh, let's just get that guy." And it just kind of k- kept going, snowballed into. The, it was out of control by the end of it. It was definitely too much, but, <laughs> but, uh but you know, that's I guess maybe a good problem to have in a certain way. But, but, um, so yeah, it was just a lot of stuff like that. Mm. Um, uh, so kind of whatever was thrown at me, and then just originals in between that. Um, and then I started playing with this band that, um, were like a, I, I guess like a pop rock kind of punky kind of band called Angela's Dish. Um, they had like some, some radio success around the place. So, um, I knew them, I went to high school with the bass player. He was a couple of years above me, but, um, we kind of knew each other just through our high school bands. And then I met the other guys through him as well. So, um, so yeah, they were looking for a drummer and then I just ran into one of them one day at like the shopping mall or something like that. Mm. I ran into Josh uh, there, that's right. And uh, and he was like, hey man, like, what are you doing? Do you like want to um, like come play drums for us or something? Or Some or, or audition, maybe I auditioned, I can't remember exactly, but they just started like doing big tours with like, uh, supported my chemical, uh, sorry, uh, 30 seconds, no, wait. What's Jared Leto's band called? 30 Seconds to Mars or something like that. Mars. Something to do with Mars.
0: Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, That's the they're the Blacktown kids, aren't they?
1: No, no, that's 30 Seconds of Summer. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah, right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jared, yeah, I th- 30 Seconds to Mars, I think, is Jared Leto's band. Anyway, so, like, they just done that and they'd play with Jimmy World and, and a bunch yeah. of these, like, kind of big bands. So I was like, oh, cool. I've not done that before. Let's Let's yeah. do that. Let's, you know, do a bit of that and – Um, so I played with them for a few years, um, and did some cool things with those guys. I got to, you know, tour around a bunch and we went to the States to do, uh, to record, um, which just came out about 11 years later, uh, to like two weeks ago or something. What was that? Which was, what was the... That was with Angela's Dish.
0: Yeah. uh... Okay. I was, I listened to that. Okay. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you put it up on your Facebook, I... Sure. Spotify and
1: check yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So that that we did that in the end of two thousand and eleven. So cool, that was yeah. it just took forever to come out. So when when we got back from that, everything kind of you know, it's a it's a very long story, but uh there's a bunch of management issues and yeah, all this, you know, the industry then gets in the way, uh, and that stops the fun part of it. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. And and it did for it basically halted that band. Um uh, but anyway, we put it out eventually, so that's 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 good. I was, yeah. I've been telling them to do it for about 11 years, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we got there in the end, so that's yeah. the main thing. So, yeah, um, and that opened me up to a whole new side of music um, that I hadn't seen, like in terms of industry, like even being involved in industry and yep. talking to labels and stuff like that mm. and understanding anything about touring more or less properly rather than just jumping in a van and kind of booking everything yourself mm. which is what I've been doing they had a booking agent and stuff like that it was like okay wow this is a a whole new side of the industry I I like I said I wasn't familiar with it at all so there's a bit of a learning curve
0: mm. but it was great yeah so once that thing fell down <laughs> fell down fell over or yeah, yeah 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 what what was next
1: uh i was playing um like a bunch of blues music um like most weekends. So that was keeping me pretty preoccupied, like just up and down the coast. Mm. Um, so you go up to like Port Macquarie, um, you go down the South coast a few times as well. A lot of stuff on the central coast, some stuff in Sydney too. So that I did that for a fair while. Um, uh, and then what else? Then just some corporate stuff in the city, Mm. you know? Um, so yeah, that was kind of just that kind of circuit, I suppose, weddings and, and, and that type of thing. Um, that, that just filled in a good couple of years there. Um, once I moved to Sydney, so I moved to Sydney in 2011. So around the same time that the, the dish thing kind of, kind of, um, fell over after the, the, the US, um, experience. Um, had you, had you moved here
0: like you, you're saying while that was kind of happening, had you moved to Sydney for the, for the, this sort of band? Or no, no, they, were, after, they were all on after. the coast. So uh, okay.
1: I, I was always going to move to Sydney. Okay. Um, that was always my plan. I just probably stayed on the coast longer than I should have right. in the end. But, um, uh, so I moved to Sydney, that, that was still happening. So I would just go back and forth, okay. um, commute for that yep. when I needed to, um, And then, yeah, so I'd been in Sydney maybe three months and then we went to the U.S. Yeah, roughly three months, maybe, maybe a bit more. I went to the U.S. for a couple of weeks to record that stuff and then came back and then it all kind of just fell (laughs) over from there. Yeah. But in between that, I was still doing some of the blues stuff and and other stuff. Right. Um, But a lot more like, uh, yeah, less original music was happening at that point, I, I would say, like more just that covers and and, and whatever was thrown at me in that kind of realm. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that was a good, you know, three or four years, I guess.
0: Okay. So what was, what was the main reason to move to Sydney to find, to find different work? work.
1: There's there's more gigs down here. Like I knew that if I was going to have any sort of stab at, you know, being a full-time musician, like I'd probably, I was going to have to do it at some point. So, um, Yeah. So that, like I said, it was always something I was going to do. Um, but I just put it off for too long for whatever reason. I just don't think I was probably also, it was mainly because I just wasn't ready, I guess. I just didn't feel like I was, uh, capable of doing it or or something like that. I, I haven't fully psychoanalyzed it, uh, yet, but it, 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 it was just something that was just holding me back. And I, I think I like the comfort of being around friends and family that i knew okay or particularly friends and then they still started going you know out into the world and doing their own thing as well so i kind of saw that and went oh, oh shit i i think i need to i should do that too right and and that was kind of the impetus to do it um so i moved down with with my partner um in 2011 um and and um yes i've been down here ever since
0: right so did you Come down and sort of wing it, or did you have an idea?
1: I wung. Compl- you w- you compl- completely wung it. Wung it. If, so that's, you're if wung is a word. So you hustled. Uh, no. I, I no? no. No, that was the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I I um, I um was just doing enough gigs to kind of get by for a little while, but then eventually I, I ended up in like a part-time office job. Okay. Um. So I did that for maybe – um. Two and a half, three years. Soul, soul destroying.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like F- um, photos of Mike Portnoy on you.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, not at that point. No, um, no. I, um, yeah. Look, that was um, that was uh, probably like a low point. If yeah. you know, I was just not happy at all. Yeah. Um, and um, but I just stuck with it because I was safe and and you know I was getting a steady paycheck, which always helps and living in Sydney is not cheap. So it's like that, that safety net was, was, was kind of good. And I'd saved up some money, you know, in the lead up to, to coming to Sydney. So I gave myself like a buffer period of, of however long. Um, but Mm -hmm. it just got to that point where I was like, okay, yeah, I can't really just wing it off this money. Uh, and I'm not making enough money off gigs to, Mm -hmm. to, to live any other way. So, yeah, so I did that for, like I said, maybe two and a half years, three years, maybe. Uh, and then a, a good friend of mine, um, Simon Grove, who I'd met on the, met on the Central Coast, um, he was teaching um, at a place in Taramara and he was like looking for a drum teacher. Hey, man, do you want to do this? It's three days work or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm better off doing three days work teaching drums than mm. I am, you know, in this office here, hating myself mm. for being in an office. So I went and did that and, um, and then it all became about music again and I kind of rejuvenated a lot. There was a few other things that I did around that time to kind of rejuvenate it. Cause I, I had kind of contemplated giving up music, um, Man, wow. d- during that kind of time, um, uh, just because nothing was kind of happening in ways that I wanted it to. And I wasn't again, because the anti-hustle in me was not helping that fact, right? So, um, so I was looking at other avenues that I could kind of make a living mm. um, as a, as a career because I didn't want to. I knew I didn't want to be in an office, so it was like, what else could I do? Started looking at options, and then around that time, I, I started thinking, oh, look, what what is it? Why am I not enjoying music? And you know, the whole um, collapse of, of of the dish thing. Um, had contributed to my not enjoying it because it was just not, it was a it was, it was ugly scene to kind of be around, like, not with the guys, but just with the, the, the label and all that sort of stuff. It was just bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and then it was just all the, the, um, the cover stuff and and that it just kind of got to me. I realized I wasn't playing enough original music. So, I then started playing more original music again and then all of a sudden I found myself enjoying music. Uh, and that was, yeah. Um, around the time when I started playing with, um, Seam, so I still do a lot of stuff for play with now. Um, that's where that kind of came out, you know, that was around the same time. And then I ended up being in like four or five original bands again. Uh, not making all that much money, but I, or any money probably, but I was enjoying music again. And, 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 and that was kind of like eye opening. And then this teaching thing came about. So I was like, oh my God, now I'm, I'm making money off music again. Oh, fantastic. And, and it all kind of just went north from there, I guess. Like it was all a steady rise Mm. from, from there to, to where we are today. Um, so and, you know, I had a few other friends, like um, a good buddy of mine, Simon Dawes, was always in my ear saying, you've got to start teaching, man, you should, you should do that. And I was like, kind of, yeah, because I taught on the coast. And when I came to Sydney, I was kind of like, I was burnt out of teaching mm. a little bit. So I I didn't do it. Um, so yeah, so he he was always encouraging me, encouraging me to get back into it. But I always kind of was just like, uh, I'm safe. Why would I jump yeah. out of this thing? And then... That opportunity came about. I was like, okay, I have to, I have to do this. I, if I'm going to give it an honest shot, I need to, I need to do this. So, um, so I took that teaching gig, and and yeah, like I said, that led to everything else, basically. I
0: way, hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. As you know, the Gig Life podcast is free. You don't have to pay anything ever. But if you find the value in the Gig Life podcast, you can donate or leave a tip go to thegigloffepodcast.com, click on that donate button and give as little or as much as you like and just know that anything you give will go back into creating great content for this podcast. All right, back to the episode. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the seams thing.
1: Yeah, so that's um, – um, it's similar to Pliny in that it's a, essentially a solo artist – for lack of a better term, and and um, and he, he employs me to play drums, mm-hmm. um, and and the band around him. Yep. Um, uh, and it's also similar to Pliny in that he basically lets me do whatever I want. So, he, which which is great because I can you know be as stupid as I want with my drum parts and okay. make them super complicated if I really want to, uh, or really simple if I want to. Um, obviously within reason of being, it being hopefully a musical. Um, but it's like a math rock thing. So it's, um, a lot noisier, um, than
0: math rock. I haven't heard that before.
1: Yeah. So it's like, a don't know where it comes from here. I'm not, I don't, uh, you know, I I don't listen to heaps of math rock myself, but bands like battles were like a big thing. They, they, they really kind of helped birth, I guess that type of music maybe. Um, uh, Why, Why is it called math rock? Uh, I never totally worked because, that because out, but it's complicated, it, there's odd times through music. it all. And, and it's not like, it's different to pl- like the music that Pliny plays. Yeah. Um, uh, but it is, there's a lot of numbers going on and changing meters and okay, stuff like that. Right. So I, excuse me, I, I guess that's where it comes okay, from. Gotcha. Um, but like a band, like if I were to tell you to listen to math rock, yep. um, a, a good introductory band is Battles and Battles? they were, they were okay. really great, uh, great band. I think they're still playing. Um, but they put out this record mirrored in about maybe 2008. And that, that was when I first became exposed to it. Okay. Uh, to the term math rock. Um, mm. I'd heard of math metal and stuff like that, but math rock was something that, that um, had definitely eluded me and it's kind of, it, it's instrumental for for the most part as well. Yep. Um, and so it was a, it, when I first joined, it was uh, me on drums, Sim on bass and he would play like some keys and stuff like that as well. Uh, Sam Schumack on guitar and then Paul Murchison playing trumpet and synths as well. So it was like a very weird kind of lineup uh, in terms of instrumentation, but it, it worked out to be a lot, you know, it, it works in the context um, of just being loud and kind of mm. um, mixing a lot of genres together as well. Um, and, um, and it's just super fun to play. So, um so yeah so I've been playing in that band now since maybe 2014 or 15 or something like that. Um and and there's a few albums. Uh yeah so we put out four which is the fourth record as you may imagine. Um <laughs> math. it's math. <laughs> math. There's some math for you. Yeah you, you, yeah. You, you. Man we're geniuses. Oh, man, I tell you yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so there's four records um and I play on the last two, so okay. three and four. The first two, I think he played drums on it or he programmed it. I think he played it. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that last record came out last year, maybe this time last year. Yep. Um And um, he went over to the UK this year and did, did some shows at um, uh, over there at a big festival called Arc Tangent, which is like – the festival for math rock, basically. Okay. Um, I I wasn't able to go because it was just after my, my little the, the little guy was born, so I was, uh, unfor- you know, I couldn't make it. Yeah. Not unfortunate. It's unfortunate I couldn't no, make I'm it, but it was f- f- for the best reason possible, <laughs> yes. you know. Like, uh, uh, um, but um, for for the only reason that'll keep you in the band. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no. So he's he's been a big um um kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like cheerleader of mine, I suppose. Like, um, so he also plays in the Tony Hawk tribute band thing that I do. So that was his idea. Um, so he got me involved in that too. And we've done a few other bits and pieces around the joint as well. But, um, yeah, he's been a big, big cheerleader of mine since he asked me to join, join his band, um, which is, which has been great. And yeah, so we've been playing together now for, it's been eight years. That can't be the right. It must be, yeah. Time. Um, uh, yeah. So that and that's a lot of fun. And he's got some big things planned for next year as well, which, unfortunately, I I I, I won't be able to be involved in just because of scheduling clashes. But yep. he'll be going over to Belgium and and going back to the UK and stuff like that. So, you know, that's really super exciting. And and I'm glad that he's he's getting to do that type of stuff because, I enjoy playing that stuff so it's good that, that 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 it gets exposed to the wider masses and and stuff like that so yeah really stoked that that he's getting to do that stuff and hopefully I'll be able to join one of yeah. one of the tours uh but you know that, I guess it's a it's a good problem to have yeah you just mentioned the Tony Hawk uh
0: band so mm. that is called this band is called Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of a Tony Hawk Pro Skater Cover Band that is the actual name of the band.
1: That is the full name. Right. Short, short, uh, shortened to Birdman. Okay. So and sometimes I, Birdman THPS.
0: Thps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so me being a skater back in the eighties, ah, nice. I nice. So I came through that very early Bones Brigade. Uh huh. Yep. Nice. Um, I used to have Tony Hawk skateboards. I was the first. Hell yeah. To have the Tony Hawk mini skateboard. Ah, right. in, in my hometown. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um. Got to meet the Bones Brigade once. Yeah, we um, they they had a um, a demo on, and, and it was a town over in Wellington. So mm-hmm. we we jumped in a van with my mates dad and he drove us over there. But it was raining, mm-hmm. but we got to meet them.
1: Awesome, yeah. Man. And
0: they they signed our shit. So anyway, tell us about the the the. Ban- I don't want to look at my notes and have to read it all out again. But no, the, it's, it's a big The name. th P. S.
1: Yeah. So th- th- that literally started as a joke. Yep. Um, so the, the idea was the, the name came first, um, okay. because it was just after the movie Birdman, uh, uh, and the unexpected virtue of I- ignorance or something like that. So it was that, that, um, I don't know if you ever saw that, um, it was the movie that Antonio Sanchez did he did the soundtrack too. And it's just him improvising drums over it. It's a really cool soundtrack. Um, so they kind of just put that together with Tony Hawk and they're like, Oh, we should do a Tony Hawk cover band where we only play the songs from the soundtrack. Um, and they were just talking about it. Um, so it was Josh and Sim, um, who came up with this. Josh plays. And, and, plays and,
0: And this is only play songs from the Tony Hawk games.
1: Correct, yes.
0: Right, the soundtrack from the games. From the games, yeah. Right,
1: From (laughs) Specifically from the first four games. Okay. If if we're getting very... Specific. Specific. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And they were just talking about it. Um, They were working together at the time. Uh, I don't know if it was at Channel V or something like that, but they they were just talking about it and joking around. And then... um, And I think they told a few people about just the idea of it. And anyway, the... um, the organizers from um secret garden festival um they knew him or something like that and he just hit them up it was like hey do you want to come and headline some stage with that tony hawk band that you've been talking about and they're like yeah let's okay and then they went oh shit now we need to put a band together and actually <laughs> see this through uh so so we we just got together with some friends and, and, and they sorted all out and they curated, curated the, um, the playlist. And anyway, we went and did that. And, um, and it was, uh, it was a hit. Like we, no one had any idea what to expect. We didn't have anything, any idea what to expect either. Um, but we played, uh, this kind of, um, one of the stages at the festival and, was like 300 kids there or something like that. There was only a lot of people there and they were all going crazy and uh, just loving hearing all these songs that they probably yep. hadn't heard in 15, 20 years or something like that. Um, yeah. So that was 2017, I want to say. Um, and then, you know, a few other kind of crazy things happened. Like we played, we got booked for vivid and we played at um, the King's cross hotel. And um, after our, We got booked to do two sets, so we're doing like a whole night there and we had all these games and stuff, you know, had letters up around the the skate, up around the the venue and you you could win prizes and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, we played three and a half songs and we got kicked off um, because of a noise complaint. (laughs) Okay. Uh, In the middle of King's Cross – on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock. It's starting to change, eh? Yeah. Start so, well, that, course, that was yeah. at the at the height of Keep Sydney Open, and yeah, so to. the 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 lockout, um, all that stuff had had come into effect, and yeah. it was just like this was part of Vivid Festival, which is meant to be, you know, bringing the arts to Sydney and all that sort of stuff. So it was just this kind of um, it was really bizarre, and and anyway, so cause some of the guys work in television, they were able to kind of get a thing in the project the next day. So on, on the project, so Sim went on the project and had a chat to them about the whole thing. And it kind of blew up a little bit. Um, and so Ben got a bit of kind of recognition from that. And Tony Hawk actually ended up seeing some of the stuff, like some of the videos and he eventually like followed us on Twitter um, or something like that. Um, and I was like, okay, well Tony Hawk is on Twitter. That's the peak of the band. That's yeah. kind of, it doesn't get much better than that. Like that's kind of ridiculous and surreal. Um, but a couple of weeks later, um, this is in 2019. Uh, yeah. Beginning of 2019, he sent us a DM or an email, a DM or yeah, something. And it was like, Hey, um, what do you guys reckon about coming over to the US to to do this gig that I'm putting on? Because it's the 20th anniversary of the first game coming out on, on PlayStation. Um, and we're like, yeah, like, of course we're going to do that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, like Tony Hawk just asked us to do a gig, like what the hell? And so the original idea was he had though was to um, book every single one of the bands yeah. on the soundtrack to yeah. come and play one song and then get off and then uh, massive. Yeah, and then he was just like that's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Uh and expensive. Yeah. Hey, here's this dumb band from Australia that I've seen. Uh let's get them over to come and 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 play all, play the, all songs. the songs. Yeah. yeah, and um and Bad Religion um they they played a full set. Yeah. So they headlined and so it was a charity event, so he flew us over there and um and, yeah, he hung out with us. Like he came to a rehearsal and, and met us and he ended up singing a song with us. Um, and took, we went to his, like, headquarters, like he's, you know, and he's got a giant skate ramp in there. Yeah. Like And he, ska- you know, put on a bit of a demo for us. Yeah, I've
0: seen the sh- short video of you guys are all sitting over the coping and he
1: jumps over yeah, us, yeah. He, he, jumps- he just <laughs> goes, hey, uh, do you, you know. How about I jump all over you guys? And I was like, "What the hell? You sure, man?" And that's he did that first you're go.
0: On, you're on the end. I was on the end, <laughs> "Yeah, was that you were yeah." He misjudged it. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I I I had faith. I had yeah, faith. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, if he's this the, one guy. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. He's, he's the greatest. So I was like, "Um, yeah. but he couldn't have been a nicer guy as well. Like yeah, just yeah. um, you know, super hospitable, still aware, very aware of who he is oh, and yeah. like and and like knew that you know he means something to people in a certain sense like that the video that you've seen of him skating over us he went just went away for a little bit and signed that board and and gave it to us to take home it's like oh you like he he doesn't need to do that but you know that's that's just the you know the type of guy that he is and yeah it's kind of we just did some gigs over the weekend for the first time in a while so it was um it was it's, it's a lot of fun it's just a I really like it because it's music that you grew up I grew up with. Yeah. Um that I don't have to think about at all. About, so right. it's like that music is burnt into my brain. Gotcha. Um so I literally don't have to be in here to practice any of it. Um uh it's just I, yeah, like I said it's burnt into my brain and it's low low commitment. Um just bring it some energy and 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 have fun. So it's so it's 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 good fun doing that band. Um as silly as it is. Uh But, um, yeah, we were meant to do some other things with him. Like he was going to come out and we're going to do some gigs and he was going to do like a talking event, but then COVID happened. So that kind of nixed that as you would expect. Yeah. But yeah, bit of fun.
0: Yeah, man. All right. Let's talk about Pliny now,
1: how that came about. Uh, yeah. So that came about, so my friend Simon Grove, I was talking about, um, Just briefly, you know, hooked me up with that teaching gig. He was playing bass. He's Pliny's bass player. Okay. So again, we've gone back. I've known him now for maybe 15 years or maybe a bit longer. And we'd done some gigs around town and stuff like that, um, in original stuff and, and just in like function stuff as well. Um, and, um, he, yeah, I met Pliny through him. I had no idea who he was. Mm. Um. I saw one day, um, Simon like promoted this EP that he just played bass on. And, um, he's like, oh yeah, it's this playing on the end of everything by Pliny and it's got Marco Miniman on drums. And I just went, what the hell? Like Sino's playing with Marco Miniman. What the, what the hell? This is, this is unreal. So I got to check this out. So I listened to it and I was like, oh man, this is, this is really sick. And who the hell is Pliny? What the hell is this? Mm. I found out it's like oh it's just this kid from Bondi who's just real sick at guitar and can write some cool tunes, mm. and you know Simo oh okay well, wow that's kind of crazy and anyway so th- they started doing live shows not long after that EP came out so I went and checked it out and saw them with Heavy Metal Ninjas the yeah. same same gig you were at um and um and I just met him kind of just through being at the gigs and knowing Simo and had some kind of fleeting conversations with him, nothing too, too, you know, serious. And in 2016, they were basically away all year. They did two U S tours and a European tour. Yeah. Playing with animals as leaders and, and, and bands like intervals and stuff like that as well. Um, so I was just like, Oh man, I was so stoked for, for, for Simo to get to do that. Like mm. this, this guy I kind of, you know, I've known for so long now and, um, so unreal that he's, he's doing all that stuff. So, um, uh, and then the trio that I play in instrumental with, with Simon and my other buddy, Simon, um, we were doing a gig in Sydney, some, you know, somewhere and Pliny came to it and, um, we were just chatting and he just started asking me some questions. He was like, Oh, Hey man. Uh, do you play double kick? Uh, cause, cause you know, backstory in instrumental, I don't play double kick. Okay. It's all, all single stuff. Yep. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, I just don't do it in this project or or whatever. And he's like, Hmm, Hmm. Interesting. And then I was kind of like, Oh, that's a weird question. Whatever dude. Um, see, so yeah, I'm going to go play my gig. <laughs> and then, uh, and then cut to a few months later, he sends me a message. Hey man, Looks like Choi's not going to be able to do some gigs. Are, are you? Will you be down to to step in, like just to fill in? And I was like, "Fuck yeah, absolutely." The problem was though, I was in Spain on a holiday. Uh, I was me and my partner Amy. We went to Europe for three months, and it was the second week of a three-month vacation with no drums. Uh, and it was maybe two, uh, maybe three weeks after I would, was due to get back. So I was like, "Oh." oh, shit, now I'm going to have to somehow learn all this music, uh, which I don't back, know anything about. Back to the hands on the legs, right? No, absolutely, yep. man. Absolutely. It was, yep. it was right back to the beginning. And so I was like sitting on buses, like driving through Germany and, and uh, Scandinavia and stuff like that, just listening to these tunes, writing out some basic cheat sheets and stuff like that. Mm. And um, anyway, so got back and, and did the gigs. And um, the first gig was awful. Um, second gig, was, was a, a lot better. Um, probably still not great, but it was, it was better. Um, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, after the first gig, I was like, oh, I'll that bridge. That's, um. That bad, eh? Oh, uh, look, in in my mind, it's that bad. Okay. There was a, just a few kind of like train wrecky kind of moments. Um, uh, but so in my mind, it, it's the worst gig I've ever played, but it was probably like, okay for the for the other for the bits that I didn't completely botch gotcha. um uh, but, and you know it was probably like a few people would have noticed oh, like probably everyone noticed anyway so but I was just like oh that's done and 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 whatever um so I made sure that the next night I, I nailed everything a bit better and 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 we had a, heaps of fun on that gig like I remember you know having heaps of fun um because I was just like oh well this is the last time I'm going to get to do this and Anyway, a week or two later, um, I was about to go to Japan with seams. Um, and uh, I got an, an email from Pliny saying, Hey man, what are you up to next year? Um, I'm doing this. And it was basically the whole year was mapped out and I was like, whoa, right. holy shit. Um, it was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, look, yeah, I'm going to. I have to talk to Amy like yeah. about this and if she's cool with it, like I'm, I'm a hundred percent down to do it. And, and Amy was just like, yeah, you have to do this. Mm. Like, um, and, and that was, that was the beginning of that. So that, that first year I went to the first, my third gig with Pliny was in India of all places. Um, like I, it was one of those things where it's like, I never thought I'd go to India mm let alone get paid to go there to, yeah. to play music. That's yep. so kind of, kind of weird. So we went to India and Nepal. Uh, so I think we were, you know, two weeks there. Then I got back and we recorded some stuff, uh, and then we we're in the U S for seven weeks, had a month off, went to Europe for a month, had a month off, went back to Europe, had a month off, uh, toured Australia had a month off, went back to Europe for six weeks or something like that. So it was just, it was a hectic year. Yeah. Hectic first year and uh, a big, yeah, that was a big learning experience. Um, just into how that side of touring works. Like I'd done some tours of Australia. It's a different, it's a different vibe when, Mm. when, at least for me, it was anyway. Um, So in what way specifically?
0: Um, Well, how everything's mapped out and schedule, and
1: yeah, well, and it's just the length of it as well. The length, yeah, okay. Like touring Australia, like if you're doing capital cities, it's yeah, five days, you know, know, versus you know seven weeks or or whatever it was. Like that, that that's just the mindset that you need to have to get through that. Um, I didn't have that at all. Like it was, it was, it was. So that was a big learning experience of just trying to figure out how to mentally get through it. Um, the playing was kind of fine. Um, like there wasn't any physical issues, but you know, th- there, there are such the road chops is the thing. So, you know, you've got to build that up and, um, and just the little things that you don't ever think about, like all the touring I'd done prior to that, it was a different kid every night yeah. and it didn't matter how I set it up because it wasn't always with the same, same front of house guy. Right. We had the same front of house guy and he was like, nah, man, you need to set that that shit up the same every night. And I was like, why, man? I don't give, like, it doesn't bother me. He goes, it bothers me. Yeah. Um, it helps me get a more consistent show if you're setting the same. And I was like, ah, okay, gotcha. sure. Right. Okay. So, um, I'm very vigilant about that sort of stuff now, but that was not something I ever thought about, you know, uh, at all, um, uh, prior to that. So. Just things like that, and just making sure you're you're there for your load in and your your, your sound check, and you're not, you know, uh, things like you know finishing on stage and then just standing there and tra- talking to people. You know, like you, you've probably <laughs> seen people do that, and it's yeah. just like, no nah, man, get off the stage. Like this is not your time. Your stage time is over. Get off. Yep. Um, because you know that the first um U.S. tour was was a support to us so yeah we were direct support for um british band tesseract so it was like yeah okay right yeah, just on, grab your gear yeah get, get off and and um you know pack it away straight away um all that sort of stuff like so it was yeah it was a big learning experience and just figuring out how all that kind of stuff worked and um was yeah was a big learning experience at least for me like um it was not necessarily it was a big learning experience, but I just think that d- that type of stuff differentiates, um, just playing locally versus doing that type of stuff. That's like one thing that I've noticed, like, cause you see like over the weekend we did gigs and there was support bands in there having chats after they finished yeah. the gig. And yeah. I'm, I'm just like, come on, man. Like what the hell I like, get, get the hell off the stage. Gotcha. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting angry at them, but in my mind, I'm just going come on, man, come on, man. I got to set up my shit too. Yeah. Um, so it's just yeah little things like that that you don't you can only probably learn by doing it you know rather than you you're not going to learn that at music school or, or that's like the least sexy instagram lesson you could probably ever talk about is is something <laughs> like that you know what i mean like that's not getting many clicks for you or anything like that but but in all honesty that's being on top of stuff like that is going to keep you employed and and um Yeah, it was just little things like that that you just would never think about necessarily until you're in there and you kind of realize, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, working in the same, to get to the same thing, you know, like all the crew, et cetera, you know, we've all got one thing to do and that's make this show happen. So let's work with everyone and not be a dick and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so it was a, a big learning experience and just... It was also like, it was interesting, particularly that first year because, um, I, no one knew who I was, like I was an unknown and I, you know, I still am realistically like an unknown entity, um, compared to the drummers that had previously played for plenty. So Marco Miniman, like, you know, I knew about him when I was 17 years old, you know what I mean? Um, and then, and then Troy was, he's, you know, like a, a very, very popular drummer. Like, you know, obviously he got a big thing going on YouTube and, and had been playing for plenty for a couple of years by that, by that stage. So he'd, he'd established himself as like, you know, the amazing drummer that he is. And mm. then it's like, who the fuck is this guy coming yeah. up next? So it was just like kind of figuring out the mental side of, of, right. of entering that as well. That was a, a big thing because, um, <laughs> because it's, Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, a lot of people don't like you, and that—that's new. That's that—that's news to. Uh, that's a new sensation. You know what I mean? Not not that I was, <laughs> not that I'm saying I was super popular or anything, but it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, these people are not happy with me at all because uh, they want they want Troy back. Um, wow. Uh, okay, well, don't know what to tell you. Like he's doing other things at the moment, uh, so you're kind of stuck with me. Uh, mm. But it was just one of those things where like. You read one comment and I, I, I spent, I did, I did this once and I haven't done it since basically. I read some comments and I got really bummed out. Yeah. Um, uh, cause I was just getting, you know, ripped apart, um, more or less. Um, and then I kind of just had this realization at one point where I was like, okay, these people aren't paying me let's talk to the, to, to Pliny and, and to the other guys, to Jake and Simon and, and just have a chat to them and see what they think. And they were like, Oh, look, we can all be better. We can all get this better. Um, um, but no, it's all good. Like there's there's nothing to worry about. And it was just kind of like, okay, lesson there is ignore all the comments, That's you know, it. like don't read that shit. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, I haven't, 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 <laughs> haven't done it since. And, um, so I'm, I still might be getting ripped apart on there and I'm blissfully unaware and, and that, that's kind of fine because but it was that lesson that, you know, they're not paying the bills. Like he's paying me to be there. If he doesn't, if he wasn't happy, he wouldn't hire me, <laughs> me again. again. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, so I was like, okay, there's a big kind of lesson there, I guess, mm. is to ignore everyone else and just worry about the important people, I guess, f- f- you know, to put it, Kind of bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. All the fans are very important, don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, keeping it, you know, making sure he's, his vision is being met. That, that is the, 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 that's my job is to make yeah. sure that he's, he's getting everything he needs out of me. Yeah. Um, Cause
0: you're, you're the hired gun. You're not in the band. You're not his, you're cor- not part of a band. It's not the Pliny band. It's Pliny and,
1: Correct. Exactly right. And like he, he, he's, yeah. he's very loyal to yep. his band. So um, Simon's so. the only bass player that's more or less the only bass player that's ever played with him. Yep. Um, and Jake has done the vast majority of his tours playing, playing rhythm guitar. Um, and he's only had two live drummers more, uh, yeah, more or less just had two live drummers. There's been, I think some one-offs here and there, but, but it's been Troy for the first couple of years and then me ever since. Yep. So he wants to keep it like as kind of tight a, a unit as he possibly can, but yep. it is his thing. Like gotcha. he's, excuse me, he, he full, calls all full, the shots. Full creative control. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So like understood. any parts that are on the record, I may come up with them, but it has to go through him. You know what I mean? So yeah, like If he doesn't like it, it's not going to be on the record. Gotcha. So if the parts on the record, he's cool with it. Yep. Uh, you know, so, um, it still has to all go through his filter right Understood. um yeah so so like i said that is that is the priority to, to to make sure that i'm helping him achieve what he wants to do um and hopefully overachieve, like you know over deliver if i can um um you'd have to ask him if i'm doing that but um <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh but yeah like that 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 was the realization that that's what that should be the priority and not worrying what people say online
0: yeah Good stuff.
1: It was a good lesson to learn, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: next year your tour, so you're in you've got a tour of Australia, New Zealand, Netherlands, Germany, Czech Republic, Poland. I'll come back to that one. Okay. Hungary, Italy, Switzerland, Portugal, Spain, France, UK, and then North America. Yep. Right. All before June. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. yep. So is there any anything planned for the second half of the year, or you don't know yet?
1: Uh, I think there's loose talks of a like a, going to Asia. Um, yeah, okay, uh, but nothing set in stone there. But um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I've just heard whispers of things, but I nothing is set in stone. And, yeah, right. and, and and yeah, like there's there is some new music to be released at some point. Okay. In, in there. Um, that that you've recorded already? I. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I recorded drums for an EP for him at the end of last year. Okay. Like this time last year. And it's um, it hasn't really, nothing much has happened since then. So um, it's really great stuff. Like I'm really excited about it, but it just hasn't been the priority. Yep. Um, but it will be soon enough. Cool. Um, it may even be getting mixed now. I'm not exactly sure, but um, Simon will get to it at some point. Well, it's not really he'll get to it. Sorry, that's not the right thing it's scheduled in to get, to be, get to be got to, uh, gotcha. pretty soon. So, um, so that'll come out at some point, um, next year, I would imagine. Um, I'd hope. Um, but again, really excited about that. Like I'm really, really love that material. Mm. Um, and really proud of like the, the, the performances we captured, um, for, for the, for the drums and, and the sounds we captured were really great too. Um, I think it'll be a step up sonically as well mm. uh, from the last one which is you know always the goal is to make sure it's getting better um well i
0: can't wait to hear that because like i said i've been listening to that the last album 2020 album mm. for the last little while and it's awesome oh sonically, yeah man thank you sonically brilliant and like i said it's got every song's got these these little events mm. and if you've heard it enough times you know they're coming and I get excited for them. Yeah, nice you man. Know, the way oh, that's you set awesome. stuff up and that's oh, great. It's multi, and this is going. You know what I was going to say there. Multi, multi layered. The more times yeah. you hear it, you hear different things. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the sound guy, wanting your gear to be just right. I was thinking a lot about this today. Um, how. You know, obviously you'd need that dedicated front of house guy. Mm-hmm. How hard he would have to work in all these different venues to be able to capture, you know, the two guitars, the clarity of the drums, the bass, and there's tr- track in there, is there? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and to, keys occasionally yeah, as well. Yeah, and,
0: and to have all that and some s- sort of clarity <laughs> in, in all these different rooms and, and theatres and stuff, I can understand why he would be really picky about, you know, I, I need that snare there to get the mic to that placement
1: yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, he, he there's a lot to work with that he that he needs to, you know, get done. Mm. There, there there are certain things that, that do make his life a little bit easier. Like the guitars, there's no cabs on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, so that, that's literally, you know, not, I don't want to make it sound like it's too easy, but it's like, you turn it up and uh, all the sounds it. are there. But, yeah. but yeah, like he, he's like, oh man, your snare drum's moved. You Know between gigs, he's yeah. like, he he knows he notices yeah. that stuff because the mic is not exactly in the same angle. So it's like, yeah, yeah, he he is rightfully kind of pedantic about that kind of stuff. Like, his name is Ronnie, he's an um, un- unbelievable um sound engineer. He works for Periphery and Animals as Leaders and mm. and t- Tesseract and Stray from the Path and a bunch of other um, you know, really great um artists. And then he's been Pliny's long term sound guy, okay.
0: Um, so having Played with all those guys as well. You can understand he'd he'd have it down. Oh man, yeah, yeah, like especially this type of music.
1: Yeah, like when you're working with like you know someone like Matt Gasker from Animals as Leaders, like he's pretty particular about a lot of things, and and he would be, I imagine, like he would be at Ronnie, like making sure that all the little things that he's doing is crystal clear out front of house and yep. things like that, and and for someone like Ronnie he would know exactly how to do that at the drop of a hat. Like he, yeah, he's, he's an, like, no word of a lie. Like he is one of the best sound guys, Mm. particularly in that, in this style of music. Like there's probably not, no one better. Okay. Um, that's kind of doing it. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Mm. Um, and, and we have a really great working relationship and, and, um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's really phenomenal. And, and, it's just things like he's constantly getting better as well. And but the main thing is he just gives a shit, like yeah. And and that that's, you know, it's not just another gig. It's like, no, he wants to, you know, he wants to knock it out of the park every night yeah, too. And, and, like and he got. wants it to get, he wants it to get better. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, that's what, that's what you want. You know, we always want to strive to keep getting better and, 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 and he yeah he's yeah, we're very lucky to to that he that we've been able to hold on to him you know um and that he he really enjoys the music and really loves you know we all get along super well like i said before um there's you know i've been more or less playing with plenty nows for four and a bit years and there's been no arguments ever mm. between anyone That's good eh? uh which is pretty pretty remarkable and yeah we we get along really really well and Um, it's, yeah, so it's, it's like a, uh, it's, it's a great team and, um, and, and, you know, just really, uh, feel really lucky to be, to be a part of it and, and, um, and to have a bunch of guys that are kind of on the same wavelength, you know, like that's particularly when you're in each other's back pocket for weeks on end, and you know, um, that definitely helps the fact that, you know, that there's going to be little to no tension, at all between us and you can get along and have a laugh and you know our kind of attitude towards it it's just kind of unspoken but it's just like um take what you do really seriously but don't take yourself seriously That's it, yeah and and that if 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 there's any advice i can give anyone that that's the that's the best bit of advice (laughs) i can i can give you because yeah we're not precious about anything like we'll yeah, we're always having a laugh and 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 just joking around and um but you know come stage time it's like we'll joke around on stage but it's like, you know, we we're we, on we, you're on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've got our shit together um and and we're there to put on a good show but we also want to make sure we're having fun because you know we've all seen the bands that that take everything too seriously and it just becomes like it's not fun to be around, you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, man. This should be fun again to go back to that thing like we play music because it's fun. That's it. So let's have fun. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty important.
0: When I was rattling off the countries and I said Poland and I said I'll come back to that. Yes. You know, with the ongoing tensions with Ukraine and Russia and mm. Poland's fairly close. Right. Yes. So my anxiety speaks out to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't I'm I haven't traveled and you know I've got a bit of Anxiety towards that kind sure, of stuff Sure, sure I know if it, Like just reading that myself I got a little bit of a flutter okay, right. <laughs> Sorry about that No, no <laughs> But I'll be here Don't worry about that Right, yeah, okay, okay No, good, no But good. I'm just saying from, from your side of it And as a band's side of it You know How do you You know Do you discuss Those kind of locations Not getting into the, too much Of the politics of it And the danger And
1: um, no, no. Um, we were actually meant to go to Russia this year. Okay. Um, but obviously that got, yeah, yeah. uh, that fell apart pretty quickly. Like, uh, and as it, you know, should have, mm. um, but no, like it's not discussed to be honest. Like, it's just like this, here's the dates. Yeah. Um, maybe if one of us had a particular issue with it, it would yeah. be discussed, but I think we would also trust that. It, it, everything's being done above board, you know, like yeah, it's not, yeah. it'll be, we will be safe. Yeah, We're touring with a Polish band. Okay. Um, so Jakub Zatecki, um is the direct support for that tour and his trio and they're an unbelievable band and, and we've done some shows with them before. And Jakub's played rhythm guitar for Pliny on okay. a, a tour or two as well. Um, so like, yeah, it'll be, yeah, we're, we're pretty confident it'll be safe. And you know, we'll be, where are we coming from before Poland? <laughs> the Hungary, is that right? Czech, Le- Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Okay. Mm. So it'll all be routed in a way that'll be, Yeah. excuse me, I, I assume as safe as possible. Um, cool. But that is a great question. Maybe I should well, I feel, that. <laughs> I feel,
0: I feel better now. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. That's good.
1: But no, it should, it should, it should be, um, it should be fine. Like, unless, you know, obviously... That's what, three or four months away. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen in three or four months. Like yeah, yeah. at the start of the year, I thought I was going to Russia this year. And then yeah, yeah. that very, in a day, that quickly did not happen, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, Um So, you know, r- it remains to be seen. But at this stage, like I don't, I'm not worried about yeah. that.
0: Maybe that was a bit of a strange question and I'll listen back and see if I'll keep that in there. But I think that was maybe more for me. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. But I think yeah. that's fair enough because, okay. you know, like i I do think it's a fair enough question and and it's honestly just not something that i'd th- it's not that I hadn't thought about it, but it's not i guess I'm just not concerned yeah, yeah, about okay. it yeah um, that's cool but I can only speak for myself, gotcha. you know other people in the touring party may have concerns, yeah right. that just haven't been voiced mm-hmm. um but that I think I think it's a, a legitimate and and fair enough question cool um. But I think we only got one date there, so it'll be in and out. So <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be even quicker now, but uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, one thing I saw online today, you, you joined something called
1: Quan. Yeah, Quan, Quan. Quan, right. So that's like a yeah. – it's
0: like an online teaching.
1: Yeah, so it's a it's a thing that um, Pliny helped develop with um, Matt Halpern from Periphery. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were just having a conversation – one day, um, about kind of bridging the gap between like Instagram Q and A's, yeah. um, and then a, a, a one-on-one lesson. Yep. Um, so like if some people might have like a, a question that isn't, they don't want to go into a whole lesson and pay for the full hour of someone's time or something to ask a three minute, you know, yeah, a yeah. question that's three minutes has a three minute answer, but you know, um maybe would just get ignored for a free Instagram thing, you know what I mean? So like, maybe this can be a a way that we can bridge the gap between those two things and just give, um, give the kind of fan an opportunity to ask, you know, this person that they look up to a question whilst ensuring they'll get an answer.
0: Yeah. Uh, but still, there being value.
1: But still, looking after the, the the artist's time and and kind of their knowledge base, or however yep. you want to kind of think about yep. IP, whatever. I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's in its infancy still. Like, um, I think they 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 launched a little while ago, but they've um, I think they're just rejigging a, little, a few things mm. to um, just from feedback and things like that. But I, I think it's got a, a, a lot of legs to it. Like, I think yeah. the idea is is a great it's a great one. Um, yeah, I think it just, the more that the word kind of gets out about it, the, 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 you know, the more people will start to check it out. But I think it's, there's a, um, yeah, I think it, it it does a great job of bridging that gap. Um, because yeah, like you set the price of like, I, if as an artist on there, I like, I would set the price for like, you know what five minutes of my time is to yeah, kind of to yeah. kind of get an answer or, or whatever, and mm-hmm. and I can go beyond that if I want, like you know. But but the, the the price is kind of set at that, and you can have back and forth. So if there's follow up questions, you can ask that for no no charge. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, I think it's a it's a it's a neat little thing. And yeah, it just, well, I think it is too. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's again, you know, like it, if I were to think back to being a younger musician, and if I could have messaged Portnoy, and asked him a question about, hey man, what the hell's going on in this one bar of the dance of eternity? <laughs> man, I would have done that for ten bucks, you know, what yeah, mean, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, at the time, so it's like I think, you know, the the access that 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 people do have to, you know, fans do have to the to their favorite artists is obviously that's shrunk a lot you know, over the last few years because of social media and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but this just ensures that everyone's kind of getting looked after and you can have a direct contact with them and ensure you get an answer rather than, you know, maybe a DM getting left in a, in the, um, in the, in the junk junk folder. Yeah, exactly. Or anything (laughs) like that. So I think, yeah, there's definitely some, some legs to it, but, um, but, uh, yeah, and I was, when Pliny, um, approached me to, to check it out and, and kind of review it and. And, um, and whatnot, I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's a great concept. Um, yeah, I, like I said, it is still early days, so hopefully it'll take off a little bit more in the new year and, and, um, and more people check it out because I think it is, yeah, a valuable tool, um, for everyone involved. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. What about your own music? Does Chris Ellison write songs? Uh, yes and no. I, I really leave all my, um, original ideas to the band Instrumental that I was, the trio that I was talking about. That's, that's as close as you'd probably ever get to Chris Allison's solo music. Um, uh, I've toyed with the idea of trying to write songs, but I just, I, um, lack the ability to connect ideas, uh, from a compositional standpoint. I can write some like ideas and I go, oh, that's kind of cool. And it's like, well, I don't know where to go next. Just loop that idea. Yeah. Am I going to play this for four minutes? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, I don't think I can do that. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I, I, at this, at this point, I, um, I don't have that. I lack that ability. Um, I'd liked, I think I like the idea of doing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say I'll never do it, but at this point I, yeah, it's, it's instrumental kind of is that, and even that music takes forever to write. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of that, but it's like,
0: I did hear a bit of it. Yeah.
1: It's over the top, like intense, like yeah. really it's not for everyone by any stretch of the imagination. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. But, um, but um, it takes so long to write that stuff. And, and cause it's not a full-time band, obviously like we don't make any money off of it. So I was like, okay, yeah. we, life needs to come first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um. But we, we've started writing again recently, which has been great. And we, we had our first gig in, in ages, like uh, the start of the month, so which was super fun to do again. So hopefully we'll have some new stuff soon enough. But that, that, like I said, that at this point, that's probably the closest you'll get. But, you know, with that being said, I do feel like – I do get a lot of, um, my creative output through Pliny's music and, okay. and through playing with Sim, Sim, and in Seams as well. Like I, that is, it's, I'd have to say that is my vo- my creative voice. Gotcha. Like that is my artistic voice on yep. those things, uh, on those records. Um, so I, even though it's someone else's music, I still feel like that is me. It's not, uh, um. I don't feel like I'm a, uh, reigned in version of myself gotcha. or, 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 you know, I'm never, I'm almost never told exactly what to play. Like you need to play this exact thing here. Like, um, yeah. So I really do feel like I, I have my, my, a lot of my artistic voice gets let out through like some of those sessions that se- I guess, session work that I do with those guys. And, yeah. and, uh, so like, I do feel lucky in that, 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 in that that instance as well like they they essentially pay for my to have my artistic voice be part of their their voice in a way so that's gotcha. that's pretty awesome and mm-hmm. is, um and, and again very lucky to 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 get to do that and um and kind of have that outlet as well um so i yeah i don't that i guess that also plays into why like i don't feel the urge to necessarily just write music for myself it's because i i do get to You'd do it anyway. Have my say anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, very good.
0: All right, Chris. I wish you all the best for your your tour next year. And oh, thank you. And um, have a
1: good first Christmas with your little one. Yeah, man, very it's much exciting. looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. it'll be, it'll, he's not going to remember it, but that's uh, yeah, that's that's totally fine. Um, oh, yeah, you will. Though. He'll remember yeah. it through photos and and exactly the, we it. we definitely will. We're we're looking forward to it. Yep. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas cool, to you too. And when does the
0: tour prep? start to kick in?
1: Uh, personally, it's slowly begun, yep. um, but we don't do rehearsals till mid-Jan, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we don't, it's not extensive rehearsals. Yeah, um, okay. A lot of it is this, in here. This, this stuff. Yeah, so it's just get together. We'll get together twice. Um, so we'll have one rehearsal with just the band and then do a production rehearsal, and that'll be it, and that'll... That'll probably be it for the for the year, to be honest. Like, yeah. unless we do one before Europe and before um, the US as well, but mm. we may not. No, remains to be seen. But yeah, everything will kick off in in earnest next year. Cool, man.
0: Yeah. Hope hope to get to the Sydney gig. Yeah,
1: man. Well let us know. Let us know if you want
0: to Sweet come nice. along. Yep, we'll yeah. do. Yeah. Cool, Chris. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Stevie. Thank Thanks for having bud. us, man. Yeah. Cheers, bud.